welcome to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. I'm Hardy White. Join me now, won't you, as we visit together and we have sort of adventures in a very low-key way, in the broadest sense of the word adventure, meaning to just stay put and think quiet thoughts. It might not be an adventure. It might be a tonic. <laughs> I think it is. I think it's an oral, oral tonic. Your soul. If that's what I said, what kind of friend am I? Some people live on islands If that's who I am, what kind of who am I? No one's an island If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at If you needed me, then I'll be there If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at If you needed me, then I'll be there If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at if you needed me, then I'll be there. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. Across the muted, faded palette of the gods, you stand out like violet. My prayer begins that we are killers in our hearts. Lonely and violent. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at. If you needed me, then I'll be there. Beloved, please erase the nightmares from my sleep. Let my dreams be light again. I close my eyes and see my eyes are looking back The sky is my blanket If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at If you needed me, then I'll be there If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at If you needed me, then I'll be there If you laughed at me, then I'm laughed at If you needed me... I propose a toast to my future son-in-law no better man could I have chosen myself if I had chosen for Daria myself, her groom, you. And it doesn't hurt that your father is my competitor in the sweatshop business and that this marriage is a sort of corporate merger above all else, just as it should be since business trumps all morality or personal attachments. No better words could have been spoken, father-in-law-to-be. I wish you two would just stop talking shop and pass the sherry. Don't drink too much sherry, my dear. We don't want a repeat of last year. Will you all stop it? Just stop it! Sir, there's an inspector here to see you. An inspector? What sort of inspector? He didn't say, sir. All right, show him in. Greetings. What can I do for you, inspector? Gadget. Gadget. Inspector Gadget, as you can see, we are right in the middle of dinner. If you are collecting for the Police Benevolent Fund, please contact my secretary in the morning. No, no, it ain't that. See, I'm from the future, and I happen to know that Ollian's killed a guy. I beg your pardon? It ain't me you gotta beg for a pardon, lady. Is this some kind of joke? No joke. All right. I came here from the future to warn you that your immorality and cruelty will have fatal consequences, and I'm making sure you are willing to cross that line. This is madness. I'm getting a strong lack of remorse vibe. Lack of remorse? We haven't done anything. Yet. You're about to. I'm just giving you a heads up. I could care less what you do. Who are we alleged to have killed? One of my ancestors. One of your ancestors? And if we did, how could you exist in the future? Are you stupid? You didn't kill her as a baby. Oh, 
Well, I don't know. Well, how do you know it was any of us? You are the Conway family of West Reading Street, are you not? Reading? We are the Conway family of West Reading Street. Oh. Oh, sorry. I knew something wasn't right. Right? I'm sorry. Hey, I'll show myself out. You know, for the longest time, I thought it was Reading Rainbow, because I'd only seen it in print. Well, what's the show about, genius? Um, something called Reading. It must be some lost art like thatching. Apparently, the answer lies in books, which is why I never watched the TV show. How could I have gotten the wrong family? Hey, it happens to the best time-traveling con men. Yeah, but not me. Something is wrong. Something's wrong with time. Hmm. Bridget Spinoza first contacted me in March 2028. He said he was from the future by way of the past. And they had evidence to prove that there had been a murder in 1914. And that the victim was his ancestor. When I asked him how he could exist if his ancestor was murdered, he got really mad at me. Are you an idiot? <laughs> they didn't kill her as a baby. I don't know. Why does everyone make this mistake? Everyone's ancestor died or will die. Okay. Well, why should I believe you're a time traveler? Because in just a few seconds, you're going to get a phone call. It's ringing. When he, I mean you, picks up, say hi me. Hello. Hi me. Hi me. No, not hi me. Hi me. I'm sorry, this is Jacob. You have the wrong number. I hung up on me. You hung up on you. Are you future you or past you? I can't remember. I wouldn't know. Store? Hello? Hello? Oh, my man. Where's the exit? Probably the some kind of offices under Wanamaker's. Man, where's the exit? Oh, man, maybe I'm nowhere. Oh, that would suck. All right, Butchie, if you can hear me, don't panic, but you just disappeared from the passenger seat of our car. I don't know if you're still here and just have shifted slightly into another dimension or whether you've disappeared altogether, but I'm gonna keep talking to you just in case you can hear me. Also, I don't know where I am. In a quarter mile, take a right on Dumbass Street. That's so funny, I always thought it was Dumas.
Once upon a time in China there was on the flower fruit mountain a stone. One day that stone transformed into a stone egg, and from that egg hatched a stone monkey. I'm a monkey made of stone. When the monkey stood, light shone from his eyes and the whole world shook. This was immediately noticed in heaven by the Jade Emperor. Hey, uh, what's all the hubbub, bub? He sent thousand-mile eye and wind-following ear to investigate. Hey, uh, go have a look-see. It is a stone monkey, I imagine. All right. It was indeed a stone monkey, a very smart and naughty stone monkey who soon declared himself the Monkey King after finding the water curtain cave and leading the other monkeys to safety. Correction! The handsome Monkey King! All right. One day, the handsome Monkey King set off in search of a master to teach him the secret of immortality. Teach me the secret of immortality! Immortality? Oh, boy. How about just nice game of Chinese checkers? But the monkey insisted, and so the Taoist master Sabuti taught him the 72 transformations, cloud somersaulting, and the secret to immortality. Oh, I'm going to regret this. When Monkey returned to the Flower Fruit Mountain, he was more arrogant than ever. Call me the great sage, equal of heaven! And like any great sage, equal of heaven, Monkey needed a weapon. So Monkey, whose surname was Sun and whose religious name was Wukong, journeyed to the palace of the Western Sea Dragon. Give me your weapon! Oh, I don't know if we have anything like that. We do have this impossibly heavy pillar. You're welcome to that. And so Monkey took the impossibly heavy pillar and reduced it to the size of a needle and stuck it behind his ear. I'm going to have to report this fellow to the Jade Emperor in heaven. And so the monkey was summoned to heaven to see the Jade Emperor. Uh, hey, uh, monkey, um, getting some complaints about your behavior. So uh, I'm giving you a job like in heaven taking care of the horses. But monkey hated the horse job and was soon up to his old tricks. Skip to the peaches! Anyway, he steals some peaches, and it's all downhill from there, the end. After a few weeks, Butchie suggested that I meet him at his farm. That's where he kept the time machine, he said. Butchie? Hey, Jacob. Welcome to the time farm. Why is it called the time farm? Because I keep the time machine here. I thought you knew that. Oh. How many acres do you have here? Uh, we don't measure land in acres here, but in parsecs. <laughs> Isn't that from, like, space? Well, this is space. Also, it doesn't strictly exist. Butchie took me into an old shack, and in the center was a classic steampunk time machine, complete with velvet upholstery. Yeah, this is where the magic happens. This is where I go back in time and blackmail people. A friend and I recently journeyed to Owensboro, Kentucky, which is the fourth largest city in Kentucky, and the hometown of Florence Henderson. We had a strange mystical experience while we were there. I've had it before in Owensboro, specifically at their Dead Mall. It's a mall that is failing in the extreme. I believe there are about five stores left. And if you've ever been in one of these Dead Malls, you know that it has a very spooky vibe. It feels like a dream, and some of us even have recurring dreams of these vast empty spaces, sometimes at night or at dusk, and it's unusual to be in one when you know you're awake. And so we walked in this dead mall, but after we stepped out of the dead mall, we noticed that there were no people anywhere, not in the parking lot, not on the roads. We drove all over town. There wasn't a soul. There wasn't one moving car. We went into buildings. We couldn't find any people. We were all alone in this city of what's supposed to be, I think, in the low-digit tens of thousands. How can that be the fourth largest city in Kentucky? I know. It's stunning. It's not a state of large cities. Oh, my goodness. There should be one large city in the middle of Kentucky that has 500 million people and then just emptiness. 
That'd be fun. I wonder, I wonder what it would look like. You could make something like that in SimCity. Do it in the computer first to see if there's mass deaths from disease. And then if there's not, you can build all these wonderful skyscrapers and we can live together like it's the future. Or it's the past, but a great past, a past that we don't remember. When mankind lived together in harmony before the Tower of Babel was built. Now, what's all that about the Tower of Babel? Tell that story. I don't remember it in very much detail. I've gone back and looked at it with the time machine, and near as I can tell, it's the idea that uh, let's come up with different languages so we don't understand one another. And everybody agreed to that, and they said, that's fantastic. And the first thing they did is this ubba-dubba speak or something like that, where you put that on the end of words. It started out like that, like just like things like Pig Latin, where you just tack an extra vowel on the end. Then it got complicated, and people are like, I want to change the actual letters to little scribbles. And then all the languages of the world were created. And so we couldn't understand one another unless we made a little bit of effort. Then we could. But, but why do that? But so poetry and everything became inaccessible. If somebody spoke another language, you go, I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what you're saying. Scream your poetry. And now, once again, in the future, in this town in central Kentucky with an impossibly large population, most of which are people that have agreed to be shrunk down shrinky-dink. What's that? Well, in the future, you can elect, because of overpopulation, you can be uh, elect to be shrinky-dinked. And that just means that you get shrunk down to very small size, and you can fit their whole communities like that. And there's lots going on. Uh, or you can remain a giant. Now, if you remain a giant, you have to understand that it takes more to feed a giant. So only the very rich can benefit from gi uh, giantism, which is just the old-fashioned way of being a human. But the new tiny human way of being is going to catch on, I think. Even it's smaller than dollhouses. You'll notice that humans for a while, they couldn't agree on a scale. It was like HO railroads. You go, what is this? Which we got to find a scale because I've got tiny humans li <coughs> living in dollhouses that are much too large for them. So what's the scale going to be? Someone yelled $900 an hour, but I don't, they said, no, not that kind of scale. What do you, what would you think? Uh, what's a good size? And so I believe they came up with, uh, it's something like an inch. So I've only been to this part of the future once and there were mass casualties because I didn't know what was going on. And I was an irresponsible giant. A lot of what you read in about Lilliputia and all that is that Jonathan Swift stuff, he went with me. So that's all true. And they will put little ropes on you and everything like that if they think you're too big and tie your hair down. I don't have any, so I was able to tear myself loose and say, I'm your giant king, little people. Not that. They'll just hit you with the shrinky-dink ray, and then you're their size, and they go, all right, put this person in irons, and we'll try them, because he was trying us. You see what I'm saying? Oh, my goodness. I tell you tales from the future, or are they from the past? You just know they're not from this time. All the things you say, Hardy, I can't always relate to, because I feel like maybe you don't live in reality. Well, I'm pretty sure I do, so there we will just have to agree to disagree. It's just that maybe I'm interpreting it differently than you are. And uh, it's the same reality. But I think I, I'm, I'm not inquisitive enough. I think I, I have lots of doubts. That's only stage one. You go, what if none of this is real? And then stage two is not just then saying anything. You really, really got to just go back to, Step one and look for the truth. And I know a lot of it. Oh, it's enough to doubt. Then I can just insert anything. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure that's helpful. What is helpful? Well, all these stories that I have been told that I feel like I need to pass on. That's why I've gone. I've come. I don't need to pass on. <laughs> what? Um, I don't mean that. I mean, I mean to pass them on to you. Maybe that's what it means to pass on. It's to just to inherit. What have you inherited? Well, you've not just inherited things or items from your dead aunt, 
but you really inherit uh, uh, values and ethics and everything. That's the thing to pass on. What? Tell me what you value, Hardy. That's more. That's more something that I want to um, take to the Antiques Roadshow and get appraised than, let's say, some old cup. Tell me something that's worth. And I say, I will. I really want you to receive this inheritance from me. I want you to be the one in life who continues with this fortune that I have been blessed with, this fortune of knowledge and, and uh, a little bit of wisdom. And I will be glad to pass that on to you. But first, you must spend one night in my haunted mansion. And it's not just spending one night in the mansion. You must, in the spooky theater of the mansion, you must perform the Three Stooges, Beckett's Endgame, which you would be, all the parts of Beckett's Endgame would be played by various Three Stooges. So I don't know how you're going to do it, but um, that's the challenge. And then, I know that if you can endure that, now a lot of the ghosts and everything that are going to scare you are not real. A lot of them are just people dressed up in costumes. Now, I have, I have picked psychopathic murderers to dress up in the costumes. So, are the fears unwarranted or not? Oh, the unknown is what gives us pause. I notice that a lot of people, I've done this experiment. If you dig a bottomless pit on a sidewalk, people are reluctant to just step into it because they're worried, rightfully so, that they will plummet into an abyss and probably meet their demise. And so they're reluctant at first and often need to be, need to be pushed. But I don't do that because I don't, that messes up the experiment. It isn't about me manipulating things. It's about people and human nature. And that's what I'd like to pass on to you. It's just a little bit of knowledge about people. Tell me about people, Hardy. I don't know. I'm awfully confused about them. And I don't know. I would really say one of these old, any observational comics album, I think would probably help you. I'm going to steer you towards those. You know, the old-timey ones, the, you know, uh, Rogers. Come, Tom Rogers, what his name is. He's, um, you know, oh, I never met a man I didn't like. Buck, Buck Rogers. I never met a man I didn't like. Um, and I don't know if that's true or not, uh, but he uh, listened to that kind of old stuff, or, and you really get some insight. Ecclesiastes, you know, um, uh Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stall-fed ox and hatred therewith. That might be Proverbs. I don't know. But that's good, too. Read that. Read them all. Or get them on um, books. You know what are real cheap now are books on tape because nobody has the tapes. You can get those cassettes. I got uh, James Michener's Hawaii on cassette, and it's 52 cassettes, and I just have to find something to play them on. But I thought that was a bargain. Because back in the day, that was quite a tome. And these are read by Charlie Callis. So, I don't know, you young ones don't remember that, but he was famous for going voot, voot a lot. He'd do it faster, like voot, voot, or something like that. And he'd make like that. And that's uh, peppered throughout the reading of the Michener. But I like it. It breaks things up for me. I don't want just straight news either i like some of my little beeps and boops and effects in it and everything cartoon things something that what is it? you're rubbing up against something that's a balloon you know tiny bongos i don't even know how you do it i'm very impressed with the old time foley artists they might have made little tiny tiny bongos i don't to my knowledge i don't even know or they could have put a lot of ball bearings on the floor and then just walked on them and gone whoa and then you record it if they really want to do it, I think a lot of things are just, the effects are just slapping a steak is one. I'm not sure what they use that one for. Stuff like that. Uh, whipped cream container, one of those whip it things. For, I don't know, for a storm. 
when my aunt uh, showed me on the cassette tape recorder that I had how you could make a sound effect for fire by merely crinkling paper, a whole world opened up to me. I said, I can make sound fire. And then you want to make a whole scenario. You know, everything's on fire. Pour, pour, squirt water on it. And you pour water in a cup, and it doesn't quite sound like a fire hose. But then a fire hose, you find out, doesn't sound like a fire hose. Very difficult to do sounds. I don't know what I'm hearing. Rushing water is tough. All sorts of white noise. How much chaos is involved in all that? How complex some sounds are. You know, and when I make them for entertainment, I think, what am I doing? What am I, is it going to be misinterpreted? Is someone going to say, why is he crumpling paper and yelling fire? And they'll say also, never yell, crumpled paper in a crowded theater. Because some people, you know, might not see you. So uh, these are all, write these down, first of all. Are you writing things down? It helps because you go to go, oh, I was listening to Hardy White. Tell me about it. Oh, my God, I can't. I don't know why. I can't think of anything he said in particular. A couple times I laughed. I was confused often. But this way, if you take notes, I remember when I was young, this TV show came on. It was much hyped. And I remember it came to class the next day, <clears throat> and I had taken notes, and I had written uh, Nanu Nanu and Shazbot down, I think. Um, and it was, and the show was Mort Calling Orson, which is famous now, with Robert Williams, who was a very famous mime. And, um, and he had made a lot of uh, stand-up that was inspired by Jonathan Winters and Cocaine, and he became famous, and they gave him a television show, and all the kids were excited to see it. And sure enough, all those became catchphrases. And if you were at the first one at your school going, Shazbot Nanu, they'd go, wow, this is what a clever, clever person. They remember what, what was said. It wasn't like today where you can go and play it a million times on the Internet and everything. You had to remember you know, you'd have to take notes. I would take notes from the Three Stooges and everything. I had extensive notes. I had notebooks full of notes about Three Stooges shorts because I didn't know when I was going to see one, and I had reference books that I bought at the bookstore in the mall. I said, what are you, they were just about the Three Stooges? No, often it was like uh, something like uh, comedy groups of the 30s and 40s, and I'd have to just go to the Three Stooges section. And then I would make, uh, oh, just all sorts of notes about the gags. And, uh, you know, if there's sometimes there would be recurring jokes or, you know, jokes they would reuse. I would describe, you know, how Shemp's looking bad, you know, that kind of thing. Everybody's looking gaunt. Um, oh, damn, it's a Joe Besser. Uh, notes like that. And uh, musical number, Lucille Ball's in this one. You know, notes like, notes like that. Just kid stuff. Stuff that kids do. I had a real interest <clears throat> in comedy acts as a, as a child, but more academic, an academic interest in it. Isn't that funny? Like, I want to be a comedian. And I'm, I was like, I'd like to be a historian of comics, but not particularly, but not really. Okay, no. Um, <clears throat> it isn't something that stuck with me. That's good. I think it's good to change goals, especially mid-journey. I've done that. Ever been headed somewhere? You go, I'm going to go to Michigan to see my friend. You get about halfway there and you go, no, no. That's, a, that's very Taoist. I re would read a lot of things like uh, um, Schwanks or something like that. And he's journeying, the sage was journeying to his friend's house and he just lost interest. Now, we used to think that's wisdom. Now we know it's neurological. But it's still, it's okay there are many paths that lead to the city of confusion. You can take any single one of them, and you're still going to get to the same place of utter chaos. And I don't know what's going on. I have looked, I have, boy, I've examined the human animal my entire life now, and I'm pretty sure I'm not going to really figure much out. 
I know that you can, you can just say you have, which is probably what I'll end up doing. Most people just do that. Yes, I've figured a lot out, but I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, our relationship is far too special and intimate for me to lie to you. I would never do that. And I don't mind looking any particular way to you, but oh gosh, to strangers, I can't imagine it. So these are just things that I, well, hang on. What? I I don't know you. Oh, we're pretending to. You see, this is a, you, you say, I don't know you and everything, but that's because that's how good radio is. If this were a movie, all right, if this were a movie and, I, and you could see me and I was up on a screen, you were in a movie theater and I was saying, this is just between you and I and everything like that, you'd be fine because that's the character and you'd feel like you were a character too. Maybe you're the, the point of view you know, or maybe you really are a character in the movie and sometimes they look at and talk to the camera. You see, you'd be able to uh, accept that. But now... Radio feels sometimes like a phone call, like a phone call from another world where you, you can't quite get heard unless you could, well, you can, you can call the radio station. That's always a weird thing. Turn your radio off because there's a delay because you're calling another dimension. That's what they say. They say it's, oh, it's a broadcast thing, but it's not. You're calling another reality. You're calling the past or you're calling the future or something. And so you don't, you can't listen to yourself on the, on the radio. It's too meta. You've gone through an extra layer. Either talk to the person in reality or wait and experience the future. It's a magical thing. It's a time machine. It really is. All this stuff we say, even the television's a time machine. But it's, it's, you can see the themes on that where radio you really can't. It goes to right into your brain. It does goes right through an unguarded hole. You know, you don't have ear lids. So, bam, it can come right in there. And you go, I couldn't stop it. I had to put my fingers in my ear. And then I just got wax on my fingers. That's all that happened. Yes, you can shut your eyes when the scary stuff happens. But, boy, you feel the sound even. Even if you have your ears successfully stopped. You can feel the sound. If I lower that frequency, I can make a rumble. I can get you to hear that in your stomach. Oh, isn't that wonderful? I can cut through it in a way that light cannot do. Oh, sound, you are my friend. I have lived with you my whole life. And I can't imagine... uh, Good night, I'm not going to have to experience your absence necessarily. I may have in my lifetime. Who knows what's going to happen? I do. I can see the future. I can always see the future. It's just never the real one necessarily. It's just, uh. I always see a future. I do it on purpose so I can navigate the world. You know? I wonder what's coming up here around this corner. I better be alert. So, I'm, I, you know, I can tell you a bunch of things that probably won't be. Too, when I'm driving, every time I turn a corner and I say, there's probably not a rhino, I say that to myself. It's probably not megafauna in the middle of the street. And nine times out of ten or greater, I am correct. You know, so it's okay. It's all right to project yourself into the future a little bit. Or sometimes I go into the past, like if I have a test. I go, oh man, I got to go into the past and get that answer. And so I'd, I'd rummage around in there in the trunk of things that I've inherited from my aunt. Numbers and ideas and impressions, aesthetics, ethics, hairstyles. Did I say that already? Art movements. They're all in there. And I visit them and then I come back to the present. I'm in the present with you right now. You may relax. Take a deep breath. This is a guided meditation it's not at all it's not that at all it's just that it's it's not the opposite but it's almost the opposite my goodness so i like to meditate well i am distracting you from that so i don't know what that the opposite is i used to do a kind of meditation where i would just constantly um distract myself 
until I really I wasn't thinking anything. And it was pretty good. It was it was almost the opposite of quieting my thoughts. I thought, I'm gonna scream everything at once and then I'll just freeze. I won't be able to think any one thing. And gosh, it kind of worked. I couldn't hold a train of thought. I just, I wasn't jumping from one thing to the next. It was just a din. And uh, eventually I felt like I was just in the purple zone or something. And the next thing you know, it's 20, 30, 40 minutes later. I like that. That's like time traveling. But sleep is too, you know. This is, it's a different time than when I closed my eyes. My, uh, the person I was traveling with was, uh, was snoring. So I got to stay up all night and just think about things. And mainly like apnea, something I thought about. And uh, sleep, but I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't expecting to sleep. So you know how sometimes it's, it's your expectations that can make you miserable. I really need to get to sleep and you get yourself all worked up, you know, but if you could just reach a state of not caring, sometimes you just float around in there. And I invite you to now float with me. Oh, I wish we had some inner tubes and we had a big thing of water. Maybe a water on a sound stage. Hey, a friend is shooting a movie. They're shooting a movie about one of those old ship battles where the pirates shoot at somebody. You know what I'm talking about? And they've got a an entire, this tank. It's bigger than a swimming pool. They use it for filming scenes. They have it on a sound stage. It's a huge tank. The water is very cold. But uh, my friend said, we're welcome to use it. We can take some rafts out there. And again, it's freezing. But we can get in it and... I don't know. It's fun. It sounds fun to me. And maybe even get bring your cameras or your phones because I'll tell you, we're going to get some fun shots too that look like maybe we fell off the pirate ship or something like that. I'd love to do that with you in our imaginations. Maybe we just did. I don't know. I'm not even sure what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, when you start broadcasting and before you go on the radio, you're handed a book. And the book says these are the elements that you're supposed to include in your broadcast. Oh, I think it's required by law. And I open the book and it says something like, you must tell an intriguing story. Or one of the things is you must refer to a true crime. Another one is must tell a joke. And then they tell you how often you're supposed to do it. One of the sound an alarm in case we really need to sound an alarm. Is one of them. Say, hey, everybody, I'm testing your attention. Should this have been in the event of a real event, I'd be saying something to you and telling you to do something. But right now, I'm just telling you that there could possibly be a thing where I have to tell you a thing. Okay? So you'll hear like, and you'll know. So we're just testing it now to see if it's something that we really do. What kind of event? I don't know. I always, always assumed aliens, but I could be wrong. But I will let you know. And now we're going back to our regularly, loosely scheduled programming. It's scheduled, but just not everything in it is scheduled, is it? I wonder, I I wish Mary Tyler Moore had been freeform. It was a great scripted show. I loved it, you know, but I also would have loved to see them just improv the whole half hour. I don't know how that would have gone. Probably not as good. You know how that is. But if, let's say, they filmed like 10 hours and then whittled it down to 30, with just the good, you know, Mr. Grant just saying the good stuff he'd come up with. Who knows? These are just my ideas. I I, I don't know. I'm going to take them with me when I go to my reward what do you mean what what reward well i got this card at the grocery store and apparently if i'd shop there enough there i get discounts on things and that'd be nice if the afterlife worked that way too if there were multiple lives you'd definitely get something on a punch card say what are you up to i'm up to 13 oh you get a free bag a free bag of what i don't know so um dog food I don't need like 13 li- I live 13 separate lives and all I get is a bag of dog food in heaven 
don't know. So I, again, I don't know what, what your heavenly reward might be. I don't really feel comfortable being around people who think they got a reward coming after death. David, why wouldn't they be hurrying it? I'd be wanting to speed it up. And that's not somebody you want to, you know, driving you around or something. It's like, I got an idea. What? Let's get a reward. No, I don't have a reward. I'm getting my reward. Not with me in the car. So pull over and let me out. Then go, then go get your rewards. Gosh. But it's okay if it's the grocery store kind. Then it's cool. You don't let me out. I'll go with you get an extra can. Bogo beans. Bogo anything. It took me a long time to know that was buy one, get one. I thought it was a brand. I said, yes, I'm, I'm interested. I went into a paint store and I said, I'm interested in your BOGO, your BOGO paints. And they all laughed. They got, one by one, they got everybody out of the back to have me repeat the question to them. I thought it was cute. And then I got very angry. And then I hurt everybody badly. I th not physically. I just was, I said some ugly things. Well, I knew a lot about their personal lives, so I used it to hurt, and I didn't want to do that. So, um, you know, I was sarcastic. I was like, oh, yeah, somebody's, at least my house doesn't smell like, you know, fried food, which is a lie. Oh, my gosh, it did last week. All the holidays, they really, the cooking odors get in things. And, I mean, that's good and, and not good, I guess. Some of them, if cooking odors were good, though, there would be high-end fragrances that had cooking odors as notes. There would be cooking odor incense, cooking odor soap, and everything. And they could do it with soap because soap has oil in it. I know there's like bacon, bacon fat soap because I'm pretty sure we made it in science class. Didn't we? I know that we all, didn't we all, didn't I go to school with all of you? Yes, we all went to school together. That's fantastic. Did we all go to the same school? Yes. I love it. And we're going to the same school now. You're my teacher, Hardy. No, you know darn well. I'm, I don't know whether you're being mean or whether you... No. Oh, I know what you mean. We all have something to teach one another. Yes, that is true. You can learn anything from anybody. And that's why... Now, I did that. That's my main education, so it's not very good, you know, because... I learned science from bartenders, and I mean, I'm not saying they don't know, but not the kind that I, I got the science from and everything. So you want to make sure that you know, people have a reasonable knowledge if they're your teacher, but they can teach you something, here's something, and everybody's an expert on. It's just the stuff that comes out of their mouth. So there you go, and that will tell you something. They might not even know themselves, but by telling them you, you that, well, that's very interesting. I like that. Sometimes if I'm doing some time travel con work, you know, because you go back, you want to con people or blackmail because you have a time machine. You go, oh, Hardy, that doesn't sound very nice. Hey, look, you know, you, you try having that kind of power and not, and not corrupt, be corrupted by it. But a lot of times if I'm trying to fool people, no, I would never do that. I'm not even sure I have a time machine. Sometimes when I come back, I go, what just happened? I know. So it, it, imagine having a time machine and then not a very good memory. It's almost worthless. It's useless, almost. You know? Occasionally, I get cool sports coats. You know? Because I was like, I was just in 1974. I got this awesome Johnny Carson sports coat. People go, that's lovely. What else did you do? I go, I don't know. You know, I go, I try to win... I try to win money, but I can't ever remember what year people win sports awards or horse. It's just impossible for me. So I've got nothing by it. I haven't gained anything. The only thing that's really paid off for me is being with you on the radio like this. Oh, I know it sounds like a small thing, but it's not. The life doesn't, uh, it doesn't seem to last very long, you know, it's just these wonderful moments and here's my idea you know when I do something like go to Owensboro I'm hunting I'm hunting for poetry I'm looking all the time 
I don't have anything in mind. I'm just waiting for something to to kind of let itself be known to me, to, I, to notice something, like an emptiness. And then I just let that wash over me, and I think about it, and I, I go looking for other clues. I'm trying to put together a sort of poem of experience. I'm trying to make it into not a story at all. That's not what I mean. I mean I'm trying to make a composition out of the impressions. I'm trying to put together some collage of emotion. Uh, and, uh, and I'm trying to get specifics to do that with. Because I can describe in abstract terms loneliness to you or nostalgia or the relentlessness of time. But if I take you to a dead mall, that it will all come over you at once without having to say any of these abstract words. The fact that there used to be a video shop there, and they don't even really sell VHS cassettes like that anymore, but that's where that was. And that shop over there, that's been a lot of things. But when it was a shoe store back in the day, they had a little petting zoo in there. Can you imagine real animals? Not anymore. Not anymore. In fact, that wing of the mall is closed completely, had some water damage. Can't even go in there. It's like a large house that's beginning to collapse. You ever have that dream? You're in a mansion, and there's parts of the mansion that you can't go in because the floor is rotted out, and you say, this big, grand house, this is my large, grand house, but there's parts of it that I can't access. They're in disrepair. They're falling apart faster than I can repair them. Where am I going to get the means and the energy to fix this thing? This house that's sliding off the side of a mountain. Oh, and that feeling can be scary. But if you're alone, it's scarier. If you're with others, maybe it's not so scary. Maybe you're connected, you're tethered, you're tied together. So if you fall... You've got that rope connecting you to others who haven't fallen. And they can spring you back up like that. What is that? A, what's that sound effect? Do you think a spring or a rubber band? I like it. If you were having a kangaroo jump or something, you'd want some sort of spring sound because kangaroos are made the same way that mattress bed springs are made. Like that. Oh, I know a lot about the world, don't I? I'm being, I'm being funny. I'm not, no, I'm not being funny. I wish I could be funny. Gosh, I watch comedians all the time, and I think, hey, how do you do that? How do you make others laugh like that? Now, I know some of it is, is pathological. I mean, some of it is like there's a, there's a confidence going on that I think may be, you know, not healthy. But the, gosh just to make others laugh like that. You know, say, I don't even how they do it. They go, um, have you ever noticed? They'll say something like that, and then they'll say something that they noticed. Like, um, a hot, there's uh, the amount of hot dogs in a packet or something. I don't know. I know one of the, one of the folks said something like that, and um, you go, oh, that's right. And you'll laugh and everything, but they'll tell a story, Maybe they're not even saying anything particularly funny, but they're saying it kind of a funny way, right? You know, something silly's happened to them. Oh, I dropped something on my foot and it got cut off and everything. Like, I don't know. Again, I can't do it. I, I, I tend to, uh, everything kind of devolves into a sort of, of reality that's not particularly humorous, you know? Maybe I think it's funny, but then I realize, oh, others won't. You know, that's just me. I think it's funny because I find terrifying absurdity to be rather amusing. As I, I don't like any kind of the other alternative. I don't, you know, I'd rather not be scared. So, so maybe you're not scared enough, Hardy. Well, 
I don't know. I'm pretty scared. I'm pretty scared. But I have dialed it back a lot. And the thing that's helped me dial it back is finding almost everything funny. I know. That's awful. I know. I apologize. I don't do it in front of people. But I, I certainly am I'm getting a, a kick out of, of the terrifying, twisted absurdity of the experience of life. Oh, bless all of you. I wish I could uh, help you and, 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 and lift you up some way. Maybe I am doing it. Maybe I could do it uh, better in a way. I would, I would argue, though, that there's a lot of slick produced stuff that's not going to age well. And here's my evidence for that. So the world of radio used to be, you know, say, well, there's podcasts now. Well, radio used to be the dominant form, right? People would have these shows. So there were well-written, sophisticated shows, the equivalent of really well-done TV shows with a lot of money behind them and talent, real writers, real actors and everything on the radio. Now, that stuff now, nobody listens to it. You maybe uh, you know, slap it on a cassette in the 70s and go, this is Fibber McGee and Molly. Remember this stuff? Da, 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 da. Duffy's Tavern. But nobody listens to that now. I do, sir. Well, you. <laughs> but I mean in general. It really hasn't, you know, endured, has it? Well, I think a lot of the things now that we listen to on podcasts and everything will not last They'll seem uh, dated or quaint somehow. It's not something I think we'll necessarily revisit. Well, you're saying, will I be listening to Hardy White? No, probably not that either. I wonder. But I will say this. Uh, You know, if it can't be figured out, maybe it has a chance to last. If it remains a puzzle, if it remains deeply mysterious, then maybe it will have a chance of surviving because you won't think that you know what happened. And so you might have to go, music is like that too. I'm not sure I know what I just heard. I remember the songs that last for me are the ones that when I first hear them, I go, I have no idea what's happening necessarily. I'm, uh, I'm experiencing more than I can think about. And then maybe with subsequent listens, I can figure out what's happening. I could find my bearings. But right now, I'm swept off my feet into a strange land that's only experience. Boop, 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 beep, boop. Here, carry me away, strange sounds. Let me float on a sort of magic carpet. Magic carpet. This is the whole magic living room is flying there. Just not the carpet. You can sit on the couch and that the carpet is on, and the whole thing is going to fly away. All the end tables and everything, the ashtray and the lighter that are on pedestals, I don't know where you got those, your grandparents or something, but they're flying over top of, of skyscrapers just like the rest of the carpet. You flying with me? That's the radio waves are carrying us. That's so you're flying into the sky. You're liberated from your whole body. You're outside. That stupid body is going to fail. Oh, take our minds and go somewhere there. We'll go somewhere in that space. Here, join my hands. Everybody, let's all take our hands together. Flying out. Now we're flying out of our bodies for a moment. Just taking a vacation in this wonderful land of pure thought. It's a vast sea. We're floating on the sea, but we'll never drown in it. Isn't that nice? We don't need a cruise ship because we can just rest on top of the waves, put our deck chair right on top of the waves. Nothing's going to happen to us. We can dip our hand in the water like that. Little fishies will come up. You want to see a shark leap over you? You can do that, a whale, anything. It's not going to harm you. We're in total, total wonderful control of this world. Oh, my goodness. Lay here upon the waves with me. Let me uh, take you away to some kind of island where we'll get, I don't know what to like to eat, so I'm not going to say. Because you say, oh, I don't care. I'm allergic to mango. I am too. I am too. I remember climbing a mango tree when I was a kid and getting a very bad rash. And I know that the, the sap is different than the fruit. I understand that. But it leaves a, 
bad impression with you. Okay? That's all I'm saying. I mean, if you were if you were harmed by an orange juice mascot, like somebody wearing a big orange hat or something like that, you'd, it would put you off the juice. And I, th I know that. I hope that I have not put you off anything. Radio or something. No, I can't listen to the radio. I don't think about Hardy White. Oh, that guy. And my fake, isn't it so funny? My fake enemy, the one I fear, it's just me doing a voice. That's the, that's the really, I think that they've used that in stories before. Where it turns out that your, your, uh, your nemesis is just you doing a funny voice in a mask or something. You know, because boy, there's nothing, no one to fear more than the, the one soul that knows all your secrets. Nowhere to run from that one. Time to make peace, though. Time to make peace with Racer X or whoever is inside of you. I'm going to become uh, peaceful with that fella. We've got to share eternity here, so I'm going to uh, begin to try to understand Oh, my goodness. We are beginning a new year together. Are we not? We are journeying forth into a different part of the calendar. And, uh, you know, I don't know what I did to Irwin to not get a calendar this year. But who knows? Who knows? I don't know what I did. I, maybe it's just a lot of people think I passed away. And there was a rumor. So maybe, uh, who knows? I don't know. That's not true, though. I'm right here. I'm fine. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in, in person maybe sometimes, but especially in dreams. I love when I bump into you in dreams. I, I apologize for all the bumping. I, my body awareness in dreams is very limited. I'm, I'm not very good spatially. You know how things fluctuate. The walls are always moving and everything. So if I throw you an elbow or, or I shoulder check you, it's just because I don't really know where I am. And that sometimes that happens in real life. So if that happens at like WFMU or something, bless you. Give me the benefit of the doubt. Always. Oh, my. Give, give me the benefit of everything. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to advocate for myself. But I really, really, uh, I'm so blessed by being in your life and having you in mine and being alive at the same time. This doesn't happen for everybody. We're lucky. We're among the living at a certain time. We can do anything we want. Anything. Well, not anything. You know what I mean. Within reason. More than you can do when you're dead. So I'm glad that we're here together right now. If you're listening, you're still listening. Oh, my gosh. We're right here in this eternal moment. If you think it's not eternal, you talk for an hour. And you will see, gosh, it's almost forever. It's not. It goes very quickly. I don't want it to go away. I don't want to be in your absence. I don't want to be uh, estranged from you. I don't want to be far away. I want to be with you. Will you take me with you wherever you go? Oh, I appreciate that. Oh, I bless you. I hope that you have some love in your life. I understand if you don't. I hope you have some peace. I hope you have the things that you need and want. And I hope that you, you especially get the ones you need. And then, if you got some time and some left over, the things you want, and then the things that you, sh you, you desire with all your heart, and then also your wildest dreams. No, let's not go that far. Maybe one of your wildest dreams comes true. Probably not the flying one. No? Oh, my gosh. What am I doing? Well, I think that you, I'm going to, oh, is it the end of the show? It is. How'd that happen? Well, you are listening to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. So if you're going to tell somebody about it, say that. And it's on WFMU. It's on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope 91.9 in Rockland County, in New York City, New York, and online worldwide, WFMU.org. Can you believe that? Oh, I am so uh, glad that we could be uh, together again. And uh, I will see you again next week.
name was Ebony. Her name was Mahogany. Twins' 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 name was Ebony. Love me, love me, let our, our heart be. Love me, love me, let our, our heart be. Let's try to stay together, no matter what or whether. I just like party company with you, my dear. I don't think that we should end this lifetime affair. I'll always love you till the day that I pass on. For we were destined to be together even before we were born. My sweet love, love just cannot end and then begin again. It continues on until the very end of time and then try to understand it's our creator's plan. He created woman and made it her with man, my sweet love. Separation from the one you love is a very terrible thing. Why, there's no telling just how much pain and anguish it could bring. The weeping willow weeps when you and I say goodbye. The birds of love known as the dove, they even start to cry. Your melodious scent will always be right there, lingering in all my thoughts and dreams. Brightly colored speckles hanging way out there On cloudy skies of rainbow-filled starry-skied honey-hued sunbeams If whenever I remember to think of you, think of you, be right there An undeniable part of the love deep within my heart, my dear And even though my heart is broken, grieving, torn May the good Lord continue to give you blessings that live on and on and on Love just cannot end and then begin again It continues on until the very end of time and then Try to understand it's our creator's plan He created woman and made it her with man My sweet love It'll be very hard to live without you But I'll try to carry on Why will you miss you darling? You're not even gone, even gone, even gone Your sweet, sweet memories will be right here close to me I'll always be thinking of you No matter where or where I am Your melodious scent will always be right there Lingering in all my thoughts and dreams Brightly colored speckles hanging way out there Cloudy skies of rainbow-filled starry skyed honey-hued sunbeams If whenever I remember to think of you, think of you, be right there An undeniable source of the love deep within my heart, my dear And even though my heart is broken, weak, and torn May the good Lord continue to give you blessings that live on and on and on Love just cannot end and then begin again It continues on till the very end of time and then So try to understand It's our creator's plan He created woman and made it her with man My sweet love The evil one has come between us And had our love destroyed But I'll just ask my Lord above to help me fill the void I know you love me no matter what you say Though you won't admit, you can't submit until judgment day Your melodious scent will always be right there Lingering in all my thoughts and dreams 
Brightly colored speckles hanging way out there. Cloudy skies and rainbow filled starry sky, honey hued sunbeams. If whenever I remember to think of you, think of you, be right there. And undeniable source of the love beat in my heart, my dear. And even though my heart is broken, deep and torn, may the good Lord continue to give you blessings and live on and on and on. Love just cannot end and then begin again. It continues on until the very end of time and then. Try to understand, it's our creator's plan. He created woman and made it her with man. My sweet love, it'll be very hard, so very hard to try and live without you.